Colorado's morning team in Los Angeles. Get us on. They're really doing their best. KPODD 101.3 FM, the Double D. Hey, it's the end of season one, and we have had such a fun year of making this show. We got to thank some of the guests that we've had. Of course, it was awesome having Andrew Walsh and Genevieve has in the studio recently. But if you dig deeper into the year, we have had so many great guests. So many. And uh, I, I often feel without the guests and without our listeners and without the support of the station, uh, we would. Wow. Where am I going with this? I feel like we don't bring anything to this now. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Huh. 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 This first guest was amazing. Uh, of course, not the first guest we had on the show, but the first we're gonna we're gonna hear from. Uh, we're gonna, in no particular order. We're gonna thank no a bunch of people. Order. We're gonna thank a bunch of folks. I loved when green grocer Jesse Thorne was on the show. Honestly, at the end of the day, I'm just happy that I'm helping people eat better and feel better and maybe save a little money. Wow. I mean, that's really tremendous. I do most of the cooking uh, for the two of us. We were roommates. Uh, we share an apartment at the Oakwood. Both of us have had bouts with scurvy, but more recently, I've had physical injuries that are down to slipping on a cheese sauce. And yeah. I think that like we could do a lot to improve the quality of our diet and also kind of lower the risk of our diet to bodily harm. Well, uh, can I can I start with just a quick tip? Yeah, absolutely. I love to improve people's lives and I'm going to improve your life right now. What you're going to want to do is if you start to notice your teeth getting loose. Yep. Yeah. Come down to the grocery, get yourself a lime, a beautiful display we have there. Uh, chop it into, let's say, eighths. You can use any knife. It doesn't have to be a cook's knife or a chef's knife. You can use a little mm -hmm. paring knife. And then go ahead and suck on one of those segments. Um, and that'll mm. tighten those teeth right up and uh, keep you from going mad. Jesse Thorne, answer me this, this juicing situation uh, where everything has to be juiced. Is that bad for us? You know, that's an interesting question. You're getting a lot of those incredible nutrients that are in fresh fruits and vegetables. You pick up those foods with vibrant colors. I always say, eat the rainbow, eat the rainbow, eat the rainbow. Eat the rainbow. You toss them into that champion and you plunge them down. And there is no greater feeling in the world than pushing that plunger down and that big fat juicer. I mean, it is incredible. There's not a lot of romance in my life, gentlemen, and this is something that I find intensely satisfying. Very, uh, very committed to the uh, the grocery business. Oddly, <laughs> oddly sensual for a grocer. Yeah. Uh, we got to thank Lori Kilmartin, who uh, auditioned to be a replacement news girl for Wanda. She thought our jokes were hilarious. Obviously. Um, really weird that she hasn't been back in touch. Yeah. Huh. 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 Uh, Machine Bowl, let's bring on Lori Kilmartin. This is uh, a uh, an applicant. We, we uh, posted the job listing for possible news girl. I mean... <coughs> God, I keep doing that. News lady. News anchor. News news anchor. News I love reporter. it. 
Something. Lori Kilmartin, welcome to K-Pod 101.3. Oh, thanks, voice. Whatever you want to call me is fine. I'm, I'm fine with anything. It's great to be here. We felt bad in retrospect when we realized that Wanda had a couple of advanced degrees in journalism, and we called her the news girl and tried to hire her baby to be on the street team. But it is sort of the medium we're working. So if I can interject, is that okay? Absolutely. I mean, I only have one advanced degree in journalism, so, you know, I'm cool. And, you know, I don't mind hanging with the boys. I grew up with eight older brothers. My mom died in childbirth. So I'm I'm fine. I'm fine with it, all of it, honestly. It sounds like you could really tolerate our super cool alternative rock lifestyles in a way that Wanda really couldn't. Uh, yeah, I don't know what problem is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing at something else. I, I just... I just want to be clear. I wasn't laughing at uh, at your background. It's just something funny happened over here. Okay. And, uh, that was... You guys are hilarious. We've been really unhappy with some of the images they've picked of us for, you know, the bus bench advertisements for the show. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen the ones down on Ventura Boulevard right now, but they're not very flattering. So adding somebody that's like really good looking to the team, I feel like could be a big boost for the show. Well, I feel George. like I have seen those benches and there's a lot of, um, I guess, homeless people blocking the view of you. So thankfully, you know, honestly, like it, it's a, it's nicer looking than, than we are on those, uh, illustrations. Thank God above. I mean, that is the one sort of uh, stroke of good luck. Right. right. I, I, I love to elevate. I would, I would lift you both up as high as I could every single morning. Put us on a pedestal absolutely uh mike Sachs. gotta thank mike Sachs. super caller super roommate mike Sachs. uh one of the greats and uh, definitely uh experiencing great mental health not just good i think he is at this point <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound like it in this clip but i think he's getting better el farto have you seen the sketches that Supercaller Mike did, these these beautiful charcoal sketches of, uh, I used to think he was in prison because he did these charcoal sketches of gangbangers and beautiful women that I thought he was longing for. I thought the guy was writing to us from Chino, and then I saw the Canoga Park address, but I don't doubt that he has more ideas. I really don't. I have a lot of ideas, and one of the things that I sent you, I guess you haven't seen, is the K-pop dragon. <laughs> wow. I haven't seen it. I don't know about it. I know nothing. The K-Pod dragon is a vicious monster with very sharp claws, but his tail is a harmless microphone. <laughs> so it's it's not it's not a it's not a penis like some of your other tailed animals. No. Thank God. I couldn't handle that. That would be too much. I don't like that sort of thing. I don't like drawing that sort of thing. No, I do like I like I do like to go dark, but in this case, the K-Pod dragon would have a microphone for a tail, and the face would be a combination of both of your faces, but with some sort of uh, enlargement for uh, some forehead enlargement, some sort of yeah, some <laughs> sort of health medication problem, some sort of freakish forehead. I was thinking. Do you think that it'll play as both of us when you're? merging our likenesses into one fantastical creature like that? I hope so. I mean, that was the point where this dragon with a very large, weird, freakish forehead would sort of look like a combination of both of you with very strong, sharp claws where he was capable of great damage. But the tail 
you could sense that he was in it for just fun. It was just like a microphone and it was coming up. That was just one of the ideas I had. The other one was the alligator coming out of the toilet and he was holding up the K-Pod sign and saying, get your music wherever you can get your music, which I really like. It's a slogan that I've always said needs a lot of work because it kind of implies that like, if it's not us, it could be whatever else is close at hand, you know? No, but it's it's a K-Pod alligator. So it would only have to be K-Pod. This is a fun. You want to, guys want to hear the story? Yeah. What is? What is? I could use a funny story, man. Yeah. I needed some. I needed some dough. I needed some more money, as you know. I've been traveling a lot and buying a lot of cassettes. So I got this new job at an ad agency called Elephant Can't Jump, and they happen to have a little client called Old Navy. It's only the hottest agency in town. Wow. It's not even okay. close. Wow. See, they found out that I was doing some menu work, and they asked the owner of the restaurants who designed it, and the guy gave them my number. And then what clinched it was, when they called me and I spoke to them, they wanted to know about my computer gear. Now, I have an iMac G3, which is a processor 233MHZ, which is about as good it's as It's taken up a lot of space at the apartment, by the way, man. Like, that, that's like, that's a big hunk of blue plastic. <laughs> Yeah. It does produce some heat, but it's 64 kilobytes, okay? Yeah. This, is no, this is no tinker toy. So on it is a kamikaze. It's called the Kamikaze Design Program. I'm one of the few people in Los Angeles has. So that clinched it with this guy. They have a new campaign going, Old Navy, called Last Summer of the Century. And it's everyday built-in flex-printed short-sleeve shirts for men. Okay, a lot of them are in Hawaiian patterns, and uh, say one might read, "I'm on island time," or like Maui's out. You know, it's, it's hot, it's fresh, it's funky, and it's a really exciting advertising. Wait, built-in so flex. Some- like, walk me through built-in flex. Built-in flex is where you can wear this shirt when you're in the shower. You can wear this shirt when you're exercising. You can wear this shirt when you're making love. You can wear this shirt when you're at your lawyer's fighting your wife for divorce. Uh, what is you can wear this fl- <laughs> We asked for a funny story about this guy's car. It's and suddenly super roommate Mike is like, this is a great shirt. You can wear it in the shower when you're making love to people or when you're being sued or getting divorced. I love this guy. He's, he's back after almost two months away and he's hit the ground running he's got a great new job <laughs> he uh he doesn't look as like he's wasting away anymore like he wait he, are you are you working for the ad agency mike well let me finish my story so the place is called elephant can't jump and they represent old navy so on monday morning i left i didn't have a car i don't know if you noticed on monday morning i also didn't have my um off-road unicycle that's still in the shop the problem with this place is it's downtown. It was near Skid Row, and it's a far, far walk. I, I hate buses. They make me sick. I decided I was going to walk. I started leaving, I would say, 435 yeah, that's in the like morning. a good four-hour <laughs> walk. <laughs> that was the first it, thing that long. was weird. It's like we're getting it's up to long. go to work, and there's Mike. Hi, Mike. <laughs> usually so usually they totally, like, flapped out on the chaiselong in the foyer, you know. <laughs> no, I... I was excited about this job, and I didn't want to be late, and I knew it would take hours. So I'm walking beneath a 101, and a cop car pulls up next to me, and it's an officer. His name is Kempton. It was Officer Kempton. He said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm walking to work. He goes, on 101? I said, I'm beneath 101. He goes, where is your work? And I told him. And he said, what? And I told him again. He said what? He That's said, because Mike went, I'm going to Elephant Can't Jump to work on shirts with built-in flex for showering, sex, and lawyer's offices. <laughs> so then he said, all right, where are you going? And I told him, and he couldn't 
believe it. He thought I was making it up. And he said, if you're really going to work, get in. I'll drive you there. We show up at the work. He beeps his horn. The owner of the agency, Mitch, comes out. He doesn't know me from Adam. Nice. And he says, you took, uh, you're, you're being pulled in by the police on, your, on the first day <laughs> of your job. And I said, nice first just impression. Wait. Just be patient. So I came out of the car. Then Officer Kempton was out there as well. And Officer Kempton said, I think you got yourself a star employee here. This guy, and he pointed to me, is walking 14 miles each way to get to this job. And Mitch, he looked at me and said, is that true? I said, yeah. And he said, what? And I said, yeah, it's true. He said, get in here. He thanked the officer. He took me into the workplace and I started work. And he's looking at me like with awe, with wonder. A few hours later, it's lunchtime. I'm going to have my bologna sandwich outside with my snackables. But he says, come here, I want to show you something. Pulls me outside. And we're in the parking lot, and he points to a red Grand Am. He says, do you see that car? I said, yeah. He said, do you? And I said, yeah. He said, how would you like that to be yours? I said, you've got to be kidding me. He says, no. I said, what? He goes, no. That is my daughter's car. Wait, that was my daughter's car. He's giving I'm you his giving daughter's... that to you because you're that good an employee. And the fact is, I couldn't find someone to walk in a mile, let alone 14 miles each way every day. I said, I don't know if I can accept that car. He goes, that car is yours. Welcome to your new job. Welcome to your new life. Well, I, I, think, the car. I think Mike has met his match in terms of an employer. This guy owns an ad agency called Elephant Can't Jump. They've got, <laughs> uh, they've obviously got some cash flow because of Old Navy. But meanwhile, the dude is driving his daughter's car to his own company to work in the morning. And he sees no, Mike. No, his daughter had, no, his daughter, he told his daughter to drive. And she wasn't. Did she get in trouble or something? Is is she like? uh, She like grounded? Is that what's going on? I just don't think he likes her much, and he just loved the fact that I walked 14 miles for the job, and he didn't want me to have to do that again. And he needs me or needed me on this job. I don't work there anymore. I quit after the first day. Oh, so his daughter works there. She's on staff. You quit. You quit after after the first day. We also have to thank Paul Myers for being on the show. If I had a hunch, Paul's going to go on to to write some amazing books and write some amazing songs. He's the uh, singer and songwriter from Canada's very own The Gravel Berries. I see. Uh, I see Derek letting Paul Myers into the uh, into the booth. Uh, welcome to our there guest, he is. Paul Myers. <laughs> hey, hey, how are you guys doing, man? It's really. Uh, why am I here? How did this happen? <laughs> welcome, welcome. Anyway, uh, hi. I gotta hi guys. tell you, you have got a couple of huge fans over here. Um, Thank you. Anything you want to tell us about what's going on in the San Francisco scene? I was up there at a party for Live 105. This is before we got clean and so on top of the St. Francis Hotel, and I uh, have only very blurry memories of it, but I did invite Dave Wakeling and Rankin Roger back to my apartment for quesadillas. They did not accept. (laughs) Well, I wonder why that is. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah, good good boy. I must have looked like a Ralph Steadman drawing coming at those guys. Where did where, uh, so? How did you run into them? Like, they're are they up? Are they out here? No, they were doing some tour uh, for IRS or something. This was this was like a decade ago. I had just like 
blown my first couple of internships and was really starting to ramp up my partying. And somehow I was up there uh, visiting uh, uh, somebody at Live 105. Is that the station up there? Live 105? Yeah, it's, it's Live 105. Yeah. Yeah, Our sister and station. Of course. Oh, yeah. Owned by Whole Coast Radio, of course. So I I was up there for some reason uh, uh, and got wrangled into this thing. And yeah, and long story short, I can't return to the area. (laughs) Yeah, I I rarely go up there anymore because the last time I was up there, uh, Chris Isaac and Huey Lewis, uh, they like threw me out of the Fillmore I forgot about that. That's a great. They said they said I wasn't maintaining and uh, it was it was ugly. You gotta like, I mean, Chris Isaac is a gentle soul. I can't imagine what you were doing to get him that riled up. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't really remember it super vividly. I think there's a Herb Cain, uh, column about it in the, uh, in the Chronicle the next day, which uh, nice. was very embarrassing to me personally. It sounds, it sounds like something I would write about if I could get into the Bay Guardian, which I'm trying to, I've been trying to tell them that I should write for the Bay Guardian because it's uh, Oh yeah, oh, that's yeah. a good yeah. Yeah. It's a great so, idea. So, you know, a year ago idea. or so we moved here and we were um, temporarily put up in a corporate apartment uh, because my, my wife had, the reason we came here is my wife had a job here and... Oh yeah, don't tell us about corporate apartments. We live <laughs> yeah, at the Oakwood, my friend. We're going long term <laughs> (laughs) the Oakwood. This was the uh, Crystal Tower apartment and it's like right down on uh, uh, Columbus uh, area and it looks, overlooks the view is Alcatraz and you look down and you see Bimbo's 360 right underneath it and that's where I saw Chris Isaac speak of the devil walking I guess he was maybe doing a show there or he was maybe visiting or something but it was like Chris Isaac in front of Bimbo 360 I mean how much more of a welcome do I need you know well don't uh, don't come at him too suddenly from the left because apparently he'll throw you out (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's got a short fuse, Chris Isaac. Let's just put it that way. we got to thank Jessica Lee Williamson, who really gave us the inside scoop on Olive Garden. Not something I expected to learn on the show, but, uh, but we really got it. <laughs> Real peek behind the curtain. Do different Olive Gardens have like rivalries with each other? Like, do you do you hate the West Hills Olive Garden or the Northridge Olive Garden over there in the Encino Olive Garden? I wouldn't say you hate them, but, you know, like sometimes people like come and work shifts from there. And sometimes you hate some of the people who oh, come yeah. over. Like yeah. um, this one girl, Renee, like she started working there for a while and then she's like, you know, trying to save me, like, religiously. Oh, wow. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> and so, like, for a while, because she's really pretty, I was like, okay, I'm going to hang out with Renee. And then she was kind of started kind of being mean about it, you know? And so, and then, you guys, Renee ended up getting fired because here's what she was doing. She was ringing up the unlimited breadstick soup and salad for five ninety nine. Um, all you can eat and people yeah. would order it, but it doesn't like go through the kitchen. Right. Because it's just like, you right. get it yourself. You, if oh. someone wants like Zupa Toscana, then you go get the Zupa Toscana. No one makes it for you. And so she's like ringing it up and then she kept giving tables the same receipt. So like if they paid oh, cash wow. then she kept keeping the cash, you guys. And no. this is the woman that's trying to, to trying to convert you to her religion, yeah. and she's a and she's a hardened and criminal. And also making Dear me God. feel bad. And so she got busted because our general manager Ralph 
we were busy and he was like going around the tables, you know, trying to help people. He opened the check like to cash it out. And it was like a check from three hours ago for table 24. And this was like table 13. And he was like, this isn't right. And then he busted her. They have cameras. You got to get out of there. I mean, we're breaking news on the air right yeah, now. This is a scoop in itself. Now, you don't want to get ripped off at the Encino Olive Garden. You better check the time on your ticket. Yeah, check those receipts, yeah. people. Answer me this, Jessica Lee Williamson. I was just telling El Fardo uh, before we were on the air, before we had the mics warmed up, I was telling him that I'm doing some micro portion uh, eating these days, which should last all of about four business days. But uh, <laughs> I got these small bowls. I got them from a restaurant supply. Is the term ramekin? Does that ring a bell? Well, yes, it does. But is it that depending Christmas on the size, album with the like techno Christmas songs, that does sound like it actually. It could also be a monkey dish, you guys. I'm just saying. Oh, there's oh, like two. I like that. That's there's fun. two like names because like before this, I worked at Piccadilly Cafeteria, and that like if you get like a side of green beans and they put it in those little like kind of cute. They're like cute little round bowls. Right. Those are called a monkey dish. Oh, wow. They did. They used to serve the tender meat of the monkey in that dish. Dr. Lauren Weedman, who we must stress is not a doctor and has no qualifications of any kind. Legally, we're obligated to continue saying that. But man, has she been a huge help and healed so many people uh, with her books and with her sort of her anger. I guess it's a, a sort of tough love. True. Exactly. I don't remember speaking at that rehab and I don't remember you two. But what I do remember is that I do love helping you. And I love that you were as present as I believed you probably were. And that's all that really takes right now is be present. I call you Dr. Weedman. I know you're not technically a doctor. No. And, and you also ha have said that you don't remember us probably the last five or six five times or six. we've interacted. Yeah. That's a big thing for, for me for healing and for being is again, as present as I can be is to be as honest as I can be. And so often I don't remember people because of well, whether it be that I Maybe I wasn't there and they want to believe I was there because the book has been very popular yeah. as, I've, as I've been told. And so people are like, I think I've met you. I'm like, no, I don't know you. And um, and then usually that's hard because then I also want to sell in the book. It's hard to put yourself out there in the way I do. But I love, love, love people. But it's what we admire about that's you. That's the you know, thing it. we love is you're out there and you don't really necessarily like you. You're kind of saving the world and doing God's work. But you also don't have time for folks coming up to you and saying hello, which is an intoxicating combination. I yeah, feel. thank you. I agree. I guess for me and the way I established this early on is that, yes, I do want to help. But I also don't want to hear about your life. Right. You know, because I've got enough going on and I've got enough. I mean, not every um, you know that I was kidnapped. Right. We heard something about that. Well, I remember you I seemed mean, terrifying. Yeah. And you seemed a little edgy when we approached you at that event at the Grove. Uh, that was a big trip for us to go on the other side. Uh, leave the 818, as it were. <laughs> and uh, we approached you. You seemed a little cagey. And I and, and but then again, I was like, well, we advanced pretty quickly. We were pretty newly sober and excited to see you. <laughs> the thing I remember most and El Farto, you, you and I have mentioned this more than once. Was the kiss. Usually 
usually it's the kiss people remember. Well, there was this moment where I approached you and I said, you know, uh, you, you saved our lives. I feel, Ooh. you know, when you came up to New Horizons, we were in Malibu and and, and the blank mm. look, the blank yeah. look. And I'm 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 adding more details. I'm saying KPODD 101.3 Machine Bolt. You know, that's my mm. air name, Machine Bolt Kennedy. This is El Farto. His real name's Ben, you know, and I added mm. and still the blank look. And then you finally spoke up and you said, your success is not my problem. Yeah. It's amazing. And then the the gentle, tender kiss on the forehead. And that's kind of your signature at, at these book readings and signings and things that you do. Is that right, Dr. Weedman? Uh, thank you. Um, I got, I almost said Professor Weedman, but I'm not doing that anymore. Only because of my bankruptcy. I'm not supposed to. Allison Rosen, another uh, news girl auditionee uh, who was, uh, you know, we probably would have had to get her through the temp agency or, you know, she would have had to apply for a work permit with the county because she was too young. Yeah, we met her as Sam Goody as a greeter. We were not aware of the fact that she was still in high school. And uh, we basically went from trying to hire a baby to trying to hire a kid. So I went to an orthodontist like pretty recently. And really? Oh, adult braces. Like, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. They, <laughs> yeah. Yes, they it's provide- never too late. They do provide, the receptionist there has adult braces, but anyway, they call me Allie. My parents call me Allie. So they call me Allie. Now the orthodontist calls me Allie and I'm like, no, I would rather go by Allison. So I know what you mean. Oh, yeah. Oh. Wait. So your parents went to the orthodontist with you? (laughs) That's a little, was it like uh, on the way to a, a family reunion or something? Stop off or? Well, no, they were picking me up. Yeah. How? Were you a full-time employee of Sam Goody? No, I just did it like on, I just do it over the summer. And then I might do it again. So when school starts up, I'll probably do it again over Christmas break. Cause that's when we're really busy. UCLA. What are you studying? College. Where are you going? Oh no, I'm going to do early decision. Um, but decision. yeah, so I'm, so when I go back, I'll probably do early decision is that like a charter school? No, early decision, because I'm going to be a senior next year, and then I'll do early decision to go to like my first choice college. Um, and then, oh. yeah. Machine bull. This, you secure, wow. <laughs> Hang on a minute, man. I think Allison Rosen is explaining to us that she is in high school. Wow. wow. Wait a minute. So, what Why are you so much more like uh, emotionally developed than us? I don't get that. Colin Nissen, what a what a peach! Just a uh, man, one of those guys you've seen him dead on a gurney uh, so often on television that when you see him upright and walking, you can't quite believe that you're having a celebrity sighting. <laughs> the big scene like in terms of like the sort of holy grail for the gurney guy the background extra on er for three seasons i should mention yeah i just finished reading your book uh lights camera background action uh so i know you've done three seasons what's the holy grail injury what are you hoping well it's funny you know i mean i think the moment for me it was probably I'm going to say, yeah, maybe halfway through season two. And I was just, you know, in, in the waiting room, hanging out. And I noticed they were kind of running the scene with a, with an extra in the background. And they had the defibrillator paddles on them, you know. And they had those things right. going. Oh. They had them on his chest. And I could kind of see out of the, just a little 
corner of it, I could see the guy, he was just not getting it. He was like, he would flop one arm up. He would flop one leg. He was just, it was very like, he just wasn't, he just wasn't getting it. So, right. So, you know, so then they, you know, they tried it a few more times. The director started getting frustrated. Next thing I know, I get a, you know, someone's tapping my shoulder. They swap me out and put the paddles on me. And I'll tell you something that that everything changed that day wow that you become a featured extra at that point don't you because you're physically acting at that point. well that's what i thought but unless they see my face they kind of there's a little loophole there so i mean i'm not complaining i'm not complaining because look it, it was a big deal fact that you are on one of the hottest tv shows er getting paid to just lie on a bed. I mean, <laughs> that's living the dream, Colin. You got to understand, we're like reclined on our couch, making zero money, watching you lying down, making a day rate. Man. Yeah, it's a sweet, it's a sweet gig. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I'm happy about it. Are Juliana Margulies and George Clooney just like super jealous of you because they have to, you know, burn all those calories remembering lines and stuff? Or? <laughs> I've never seen them, unfortunately, just maybe little little bits of the tops of their heads and stuff. I don't really get to. Um, but I would imagine, you know, who's got the better gig here? You know, it's like. <laughs> I mean, walk us through, you know, what's a day in the life you get to set, uh, you go into hair and makeup right away, I would imagine. Yeah. You know, we call it, you know, extra triage is what we call it. We, we go into this room <laughs> and it, you know, it's, it's, it's every injury you can imagine, you know, they're, they're putting gauze on people and fake blood on people and splints and neck braces, the whole, you know, the whole nine yards. So you. You get in there and you don't know what your injury is going to be that day. And you just kind of just, it's up to them. So you're kind of at their mercy. So, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's kind of the exciting part is like, what am I, what happened to me? How much detail do they give you? Like when you're, when you're that deep in the background, do you know what you're sick with or do you, do you come up with it yourself? Like, how, are you super messy? I mean, sometimes, you know, that whatever they put on, if it's a neck brace, that'll dictate, you know, I, I know I probably fell off a ladder and maybe a car accident. So I can kind of, you know, have to take that and sort of I make up a nice little story around it. So when I'm lying there, I'm not just lying there. You know, I, I have to have some sort of a some background or else, you know, it's not going to work. Josh Gondelman, music industry insider and cocaine enthusiast. <laughs> that was that was a weird thing to discover, but told some really touching stories about Celine Dion and and just discreetly told some cool pop star stories. <laughs> out late one night and she starts cutting up lines and i said is that blow she said that's this kosher salt I, she, she was very upfront with me about what it was it, it's kind of like a um she calls it the dry neti pot you do kind of hallucinate because you dehydrate yourself so much from the salt yeah it's right. it's almost a spiritual experience it cleans out your sinuses you kind of get a little bit of a head rush, and it was phenomenal. I'd never felt anything like it. So this is like an antiseptic. Like, there's so much salt in your nasal cavity that it, it's got, like, a health benefit to it? Yes, 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 yes. When you have a little bit of a head cold, it clears you out real nice. And then it, you keep doing it, and kind of the, you get enough salt in there. It's almost like, um, I learned recently from a nature documentary that bears, when they hibernate, they have kind of a fecal plug. That keeps sure. their, and it's that but salt in your nose so that wow. airways are constricted. You're kind of lightheaded and uh, you could season 
five to ten stakes. This is very exciting to me. I kind of want to call my sponsor in NA and see if I could get away with this. Because, yeah. you know, we're living clean and sober over Which here. I respect your lifestyle. Yeah. I gotta say, like, uh, I've always been attracted to the glamour of rock and roll, and that's the danger of having a gonzo rock journalist on the show, is that you come on here and you talk about fecal plugs in your nose, and the glamorous aspect of the dream comes back to me, man. Sure. Again, I don't do it for the glitz. I do it for the people. I do it for the art. So... I, I think occasionally I get close to a star. Uh, occasionally we have experiences that are um, outside the realm of the general consciousness, right? Celine Dion uh, once choked me until I passed out. And then wow. when, I, when I came to, she sang the most beautiful song I've ever heard. It was really, really fun to have Dave Holmes on the show, a, uh, a, a local television celebrity. And it's like, you know, who's to say what's a bigger celebrity, a radio celebrity or a television celebrity? But uh, Dave Holmes really brought the heat. He was a great guest. And, uh, and I, you know, it went without saying that FM is probably a bigger platform than television. Here in the studio with us. Uh, from KTLA 5's own Hey LA, It's 3. Hey LA, it's Dave Holm. Hey guys. Hi guys. Good morning to you. Good morning. Welcome uh, welcome to this fine 10 o'clock hour. And uh, why ask Thank why? So because, because we want to know why. Uh, well, give us the latest yeah. scoop. Real quick, if you had a butt dry. Delicious. Yeah, we've got a little bit of a history and put it this way. We spent our Budweiser cards. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. I get it. Some people can enjoy substances and walk away. Uh, not sure. really the case for Machine Bolt and El Farto. Sure, but uh, sure. we are just we just could not be bigger fans of yours. Dave Thank Holmes. you so much. And you guys are on air at 3 a.m. and 3 p.m. It's a it's yes, it's, we are you have two time slots yes, every day on KTLA five. Listen, I tell people it's a lot of work, but the likelihood of being preempted by a high-speed police pursuit uh, is high in the 3 p.m. and the 3 a.m. hour, so there is a lot of downtime. Right. Yeah. Strangely, it does peak at those times, doesn't it? It really does. Those are both peak hours, and it's um, it gives us a, a chance to to catch up on our reading to maybe shut our eyes very quickly. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of work. Sure, you sure. know, we do we do have nap breaks from time to time. I was just going to say I was devastated when uh, Bud and Bush Ice left yeah. the uh, the beer cave, and now I think this new dry wave they might have actually gotten it right this time. Yeah. I think it might stick around for a bit. It's it's uh you know we we came out of uh we came out of a, a a middle of this decade where we had clear all clear sodas and all ice beers and mm-hmm. and you know I was worried that we wouldn't have any interesting variations going forward no, but uh, it no. seems like it seems like the uh, the innovation continues apace in the beverage world. Yeah, exactly and I think honestly they've had their ears to the ground because the adjective that pops into my mind when I think think uh, of a beer on a hot day is dry. I want to quench my thirst with something dry. I think it's going to be 
a real success. I got real excited at first because I thought here comes a product for people who are dry, people who are clean and sober. Mm-hmm. Oh. And wow, Bud Dry. Uh, a can a I Christian get... Slater. So, uh, a Charlie Sheen. Yeah, sure. this sort. And I thought here's a fake beer and now I would just like a fake cigarette, <laughs> a fake stripper <laughs> girlfriend who could give me a ride mm-hmm. to work and a fake little bag of some uh, inspiration. <laughs> to, uh, yeah, I'm going too far here. I'm going to Hope to God. Yeah, we had a situation yeah. last week where we actually used profanity. We got so mad oh, no. about. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, we got so that mad is, about something. That's the danger of live radio and television. What happened? There's yeah. no turning back. You know, you only get seven seconds of dump, right? So every time you swear, you eat a little bit of that up and mm-hmm. it takes a while to rebuild, you know. So we took the dump button right down to the hilt. Wow. You guys got to be careful. Very quick. I just want to point out something that is happening on Hey LA is three this week. We are giving away an MP3 man. I don't know if you've read about these. It's a brand new portable music device. It retails for $250 and it holds a spectacular 32 megabytes of memory. Oh my God. If you are not tech savvy, if you're not a, a nerd, that means you can leave your house with up to eight songs in your pocket. In your pocket? No, not actually in your pocket because it does come with its own backpack carrying case. But with you, you can take Take it with you. Wow. Uh, all you have to do is call in. We'll tell you when to call <laughs> and name either of the other two actors in Two Guys, a Girl in a Pizza Place. Ophira Eisenberg, who uh, taught us all about computers. Certainly a billionaire by now. She's up in Silicon Valley, but she came down to L.A. for a day to just start helping us usher in the Internet age. This is before uh, even before we had the BBS message board better i swear we're gonna unite people i'm telling you this is an amazing time well it is and it isn't because they i think said all of this about the microwave and uh to catch folks up el farto was injured several times trying to cook prepackaged meals in a microwave oven so that's part of our kind of concern we've talked about having a computer in the house uh, a house computer yeah and I don't want to bring something into the apartment that's going to be bad news for him. We just got him out of a boot. Uh, he broke his foot making a, a real cheesy macaroni and cheese uh, yeah. at the apartment. I mean, I will agree with you. The microwave is it's just because it's not a controlled thing. Temperature is hard. You know, like we we deal with that, too, with all the machines. And then that thing where you're like hot, hot, hot. But then the middle is frozen. I understand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bane of my existence. So I'm looking at some statistics here. In 1996, 23% of American adults went on the Internet. 1997, 36%. 1998, 41% are projected to go on the Internet. Is that like we're still comfortably in the majority of being non-Internet men, right? Yeah, well, I mean, sure, but it's time. It's time for your home, you know, the house computer, you, you, I'm sure at work you have some IBM machines, right? Yeah, we've got a couple of uh, IBM uh, personal computer terminals here that we use. We've been doing a BBS board where we can post things for uh, listeners who also have personal computer terminals. And that's been confusing, but fun. Uh, I did one earlier today where I said, I don't care about K Dank, are you in the production booth 
this sucks. Let's get tacos. And I realized, and correct me if I'm wrong, everyone, not just the person I'm talking to, is seeing that. Yeah, that's totally what happened there. Mm-hmm. That's an end user issue right there. Tim Stevens. Tim Stevens came on the show and gave us a glimpse of the future, man. Yeah. I mean, Machine Bolt looks into the future with his his feelings and his mind, but Tim Stevens actually has a sense of what's coming. You guys, you know, you're so progressive with your music choices. I think it's time that you be progressive with your car choices as well. I think you need to go with an electric car with the GM EV1. A what, man? I mean, the the Tercel is electric, right? The headlights are run by electricity. What do you mean? It's got a 12-volt system in it, Tim. We're talking a car that is fully powered by the latest generation of lead-acid battery technology, that it can go upwards of 50 miles on a charge, and at the end of the day, you just plug it in, and maybe two or three days later, you're ready to, to commute again. <laughs> It's got a battery, like we're talking bigger than a regular car battery then, right? No, it's pretty much just a regular car battery, but there's just a lot of them. So, you know, pretty much the whole floor of the car is made up of these lead acid batteries. And that just gives you, you know, enough range to get to work and back and not much more. And then again, yeah, you can plug it in at home or I think they've got three or four chargers in in SoCal at this point. So you've got a couple of options there too. My mind is racing. I'm I'm trying to picture this thing. What does it look like? That's my question. Did either of you guys ever watch that show, Star Trek, the next generation? Hmm, Not familiar. If you ever want to borrow, I've got all the episodes on VHS, but it's, it's really looks futuristic. It's kind of, kind of this teardrop shape to it. It looks like a shuttle pod from that show. It's a little kind of two seater thing. Two seater. Interior is full of buttons, which is what you want. Really aerodynamic, and it's really just a vision of the future. And again, that's really what you guys need if you guys want to continue to be progressive. This is the way to go. And I think you know, if more and more people get on board with these EVs, I think within just a couple of years we could see these things maybe with a hundred miles of range, or maybe even like 150 miles of range. And then once people start buying them, we'll have more chargers, and there'll be like this super network of chargers that'll be spreading across all of California. It's going to be amazing. So this. This thing is a two-seater, and we've got our street team, as currently constituted, is made up of Monster Mike and Whiskey Dick. Monster Mike, a Venice Beach workout freak, he is totally huge. I mean, this guy is probably 6'5". He probably walks around at 275 and, you know, 2% body fat. Whiskey Dick, a waif, you know, he would blow away in a gust of wind. Can a two-seater handle these two guys? Could they fit in it? They could definitely fit in it. Yeah, I mean, it might be a little tight. They just have to get get friendly, get personal. I'm sure that they have a really close relationship. Because we also need room for the cooler full of ice-cold brew dugs. We need room for gift certificates to Chevy's Fresh Mix and Barney's Beanery and whatnot. We need room for T-shirts if they're doing a T-shirt promotion. I mean, I'd also, in an ideal world, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, I'd love to get Nathram off that scooter and into the Rockmobile. Not to mention Minnie Wanda. You know, our newswoman is out on maternity leave, and I've had the idea, Tim, to hire her infant right. as a member right. of our uh, our Butt Nugget Dream Team. So El Farto makes a point. We need a little space to grow. Uh, any luck with that? 
not maybe in this particular car, but I mean, I think there'll be more EVs to come. And maybe if you, you know, get your get your toe in the water with the EV1, and then as GM comes out, I mean, GM's definitely, absolutely going to release more electric cars. There's going to be dozens of these things on the market within the next couple of years. So, you know, you get started with the EV1 as a replacement rockmobile, and then when they bring out the EV2 and the EV3, which which are absolutely definitely coming to the market in a couple of years, then, then you know, you can just evolve and, and continue to grow your, your selection of cars to, to fit the need more or less. I guess I'm still a little bit lost on what's better about plugging the car in and it being not gas powered. Well, I mean, gas prices are kind of outrageous right now. I mean, they're they're upwards of what a dollar fifty two dollars a gallon. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. When you're buying. No, that's a good point. They're they're really just not going to go any any lower than that. So you know, as gas prices maybe even get up to two fifty a gallon. I mean, at that point, the entire economy of the U.S. is just going to completely break down. Right. And if you've got an electric car, you can just plug it in the wall. And, and again, like I said, two or three days later, you're you're you can so in go. this post apocalyptic hell space, it would just be kind of us <laughs> and Ed Begley Jr. allowed to continue as normal, and everybody else would be like hitting each other over the head with clubs and wearing baldricks made out of car tires and stuff, right? I mean, listen, I can't imagine anybody better than Ed Begley Jr. to, to really want to survive the apocalypse. I just want to say that was a strangely detailed fantasy of what the apocalypse looks like, and it featured Ed Begley Jr., and I share an apartment with this man. And of course, last but not least, Nathram. And um, he's kind of uh, here to informally interview as a possible replacement member of the Morning Zoo Butt Nugget Dream Team. Hey, Lynn, bring Nathram, bring Nathram into the uh, <laughs> into the news booth. Let's do this on the air. Let's get Nathram in here to kind of get a feel of uh, of how he oh, would. Look, he's, he printed up a resume here. <laughs> hey, Thank Nathram, you, take a seat. I've, I've called in before. I, uh, one time I was called a 67, another time 99, <laughs> but uh, never, never 101. So. Well, this uh, is better than 101 because you're here in the station with us, Nathram. And um, uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm just looking over your resume here. It says something about you got the White Dolphin Award for White Best Personality at your last, uh, place of employment. What is that? Oh, I, I, um, I just thought it'd be interesting, like to put on there. My boss, my old boss Cody, he gave me. Um, I, we was in the bathroom, and he he gave me this uh, like um, animal uh, puppet, like a figurine, like a dolphin. <laughs> and I was like, "What? What are you doing with this?" And then he was like, uh, "Yeah, for best personality." I, and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> Well, I guess that goes on a resume. <laughs> Who's in the bathroom in this scenario? He's in the bathroom, your boss, or you're in the bathroom, or you're both in the bathroom. When did he present this award to you? Uh, well, we were both in the bathroom, and uh, I, I was uh, I had finished uh, using the, the urinal, and I was washing my hands. And uh, so this isn't wasn't like an LBJ thing where he called you in there to to take a meeting or anything uh no no he was in the stall and uh i think he uh, heard me clear my throat so he uh he said hey uh, he knew it was you he, he, he knew it was in there i guess and he called me over and then he said uh hey hey come here and uh bend, bend down over here i said i don't know what the, i don't know what is happening <laughs> but uh uh out from under the stall comes this uh, little uh figurine and uh and then uh, he was—he whispered like, you know, "Hey, you uh, keep up the good work, yeah, personality-wise, or whatever." So, nice. Yeah, special skills. Wow. <laughs> now, Nathan, I'm told that you're like a huge, 
huge fan of the station. Oh man, I'm like the uh, they call me the original butt nugget. At my uh, my neighbor JG is always uh, calling me a butt nugget. I think he knows what it means. Yeah, I don't even know if JG has heard the station or heard the show. He might just be <laughs> calling you that, man. Uh, well, you know, I take it as a compliment because I know what it means. Uh, K-pod. <laughs> I couldn't help but notice as you're putting on your your cans, your headphones there. Did you see this El Farto? Nathram's ear is sort of messed up. What's the story there? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I try to go my hair long over it on that side. but uh, It looks like some keys took a chunk out of it. Yeah, I like psychic or something because, uh, yeah, my, this uh, kid in the neighborhood, Ricky, he, he was uh, more than lawn, like two lawns down from me. Uh, he, he most people's lawns for extra change and whatnot. And uh, he, he ran over a mess of keys and uh, they flew up, uh, took a chunk right out of my ear. And um, I don't ask for like uh, handicap parking or nothing, though, you know. That's big of you. Yeah, that's, wow. Talk about, my psychic abilities are weirdly on these days. I can tell when a guy has lost a chunk of his ear to a to a bunch of keys. Maybe you're just like a key injury expert. Yeah, it's no wonder that uh, we're moving up the charts in the morning ratings. Number four. What, what would you say qualifies you to be on the street team? Because, you know, what what it is most mornings, you know, when we're not doing a live remote is just kind of driving up and down the 405, maybe the 101, maybe the 134, maybe the 10, you know, whatever freeway you're on. And, and you're looking for people with the K-Pod bumper sticker on the car. Huh. Oh, and yeah. if you oh. see one, you know, maybe throw them a brood dog, you know, try and pull them over and give them a bumper sticker or whatever. Is that something you'd be comfortable doing? Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because, uh, you know, I, I, I used to look for a whiskey Pete and, and, and monster Mike or <clears throat> precious keepsake. Uh, I used to look for them. I drive around my r- roommate slash ex-wife Carla. She has a Honda spree scooter and I, sometimes I'll use it. I would drive around looking for them, hoping maybe they would, uh, you know, throw me a a, a cold uh, brew dog or whatever. Okay. And, Does the uh, scooter have the bumper sticker on it? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's got many bumper stickers. That's right. Well, the thing is, like, I I put them on with scotch tape because uh, it's not my. It's she gets a little angry. Like, it's not like she's not a fan. Uh, but you know, I can't control her personal uh predilections for uh, radio and whatnot. So like, right. I, I tape them on and take them off. But I put a uh, like seventeen to twenty of them on there, and I would drive around. But then, you know, so like I never ran into those guys. And then I hear they're, they're, they're arguing, starting a fight with each other. And I thought, you know, who works well is me by myself. I work alone. So like I started driving around. I hope I, I don't want to get you mad or nothing. But like I started to maybe give out. I would stop some people who had the bumper sticker and I was giving out um, bumper stickers and uh, and like cold brew dogs on my own. You've been doing this on your own time and on your own dime. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. You're essentially just coming in to interview for the job you're already doing. You've been volunteering, essentially. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, volunteering, you know, and, and like I, I had like a couple other prizes. You know, I know it's strange, but it was funny because I had a whole mess of precious moments figurines in my garage from uh, like my mother used to give them to me like for oh graduations my and stuff. And God, this like, is a match made in heaven. I was like, I heard Precious Keepsake and, and the whole incident at Annie's uh, Hallmark. And, and I was like, oh, man, I, you know what I should do is I should. So I scratched like I got like um I got this one. It's like the Sugartown Bunnies and Aunt Ruth and Dorothy caroling. Right. And like on the bottoms, I scratched uh, like K-Pod, you know, K 
keep on rules. Hey, original butt nugget. And like, so I gave that out <laughs> and I uh, gave that out to this guy in the car. And he was like, what? And he was, he was going crazy. But then I also gave him a gift card to Fud Ruckus, uh, Sherman Oaks. So, but that guy, you know, like I, where'd I you get the gift card? Yeah, did where you buy that you, yourself? Are you buying your prizes and then handing them out? He's like, he's like a substitute teacher on the, on the <laughs> Halloween shift. <laughs> promotion yeah. of the show uh couldn't couldn't do it without him uh we must have left some guests out of the mix but uh we're getting a hard out signal from producer lynn as we wrap up the 10 o'clock hour and leave you with an extra long 202.6 minute chock-a-block with rock music block see you again sometime in do we call it season two season two it's like er or something man yeah it's like the future Success. They can take one step